Okay, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fucksters? What's going on? I'm Mark Marin. This is my show. This is WTF. The podcast. The podcast that's in its sixth year. God, I hope I'm not stroking out again, man. I just got to learn how to talk again. I, I was just on the phone for a half an hour, and I talked fine. I talked well. I talked good to the person I was talking to. I was on the phone for 45 minutes with my father the other night. That was exciting. My father enjoys when I get aggravated. That's when he starts laughing. Look at the kid. He's all worked up about something, and he chuckles. See, that's the relationship I have with my dad. Look, it's out of me, and it's in you. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck with that. Go go dump it in the river. So what is going on, people? Uh, we just got done with the third week of shooting uh, Marin on IFC. It was it was a pretty fucking amazing week. I got to be honest with you. Let's let's get into the present frame first. What What is happening? Cameron Esposito is on the show today, and uh, her most recent comedy album is called Same Sex Symbol. And you can get that on iTunes or anywhere you get your comedy albums. Cameron Esposito also worked on the show Marin this week. God, there's a lot of people coming through. So you all know that I'm touring, right? There was some issue with the San Francisco link, but that's all happening. Go to WTFPod.com slash calendar and get good. see where I'm coming. It's a long tour. It goes to D.C. It goes to Philly. It goes to Boston. It goes to Madison. It goes to Pittsburgh. It goes to outside Detroit, Toronto, Houston, Dallas, Seattle, Vancouver, San Fran, Asheville, North Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina, Atlanta, Georgia, New Orleans, Louisiana, Rochester, New York. Thank you for all the suggestions for um, your art. Thank you for sending your art in for the tour posters. Um, I'm selecting them now. That's happening. Okay? So this week on the show, and I think I told you I was going to work with these guys, but it, it, it's come to pass. Elliot Gould played himself. I can't give you too much about the show because this is the the first episode of it, of the third season, but I worked with Elliot Gould and Alex Rocco, who was Mo Green in The Godfather. Elliot Gould played himself. Alex Rocco played another guy. And I'm doing scenes with these guys who are so ingrained in my mind. How many times have you seen The Long Goodbye? How many times have you seen MASH? How many times have you seen The Godfathers, part one and two? Mo Green. Great character actor. And I'm doing scenes with the two of these guys just sitting there going like, I cannot believe this is happening. But I'll tell you something. The scene I did with Alex Rocco, which is one of the funniest things I've ever been part of. It's going to be in the uh, the first episode of, of the third season of Marin. I could there were I could not keep a straight face. And I, I, I had that moment where, holy shit, this is a blast. Like, it's gotten to that point now that I'm in the third season where I feel a little more confident. I feel comfortable with acting. You know, I feel like I can let a little, I'm not freaking out as much. And I can let a little uh, of the intensity sort of, uh, of, of, I don't need to panic at all. But I can just sort of let the comedy happen a little easier. But this scene is a dark scene and Rocco just went to town. And what we got out of it, I can't, I wish I could tell you more, but I'd rather just wait. I know it's a long tease, but I'd rather you wait for it until May, until when it comes out. 
but God, it felt great. And Lucy Davis from the original office is playing my British manager, Olivia, but she's Emily in the show. And to work with Lucy Davis, the subtlety, and it's just, just working with great, great actors is, is so amazingly fun. I just hope I hold up. I hope I, I can, I hope I, I am standing up to them. But I'll tell you, when you work with great actors, it makes you look a lot better. I work with Adam Goldberg also. He's in an episode. Constant Zimmer as well. But me and Goldberg uh, did did some very funny scenes. I love working with him. He feels like my brother or something. We're on the same spiritual, not spiritual, we're just on the same frequency of some kind. But it's looking good, I guess is what I'm telling you. It's looking good. It's coming along great. I'd mentioned I did my first job as a DJ. I went over to Gimme Gimme Records. Dan relocated down on Fig into a nicer, bigger store. Asked me to DJ for an hour. Learned, I learned how to, to go in between the tables. So that's a, something I can do now. Skill. Brought my records. Went with some sort of uh, some classics. Didn't try to impress. Didn't nerd out. Didn't do this sort of like, oh, you never heard this? That's because it's really, because only I know about that song. Didn't try to prove anything to the record nerds. Played some Petty, played some Del Fuegos, played some Joe Jackson even, played some Costello, played some MC5, played some uh, uh, Wilson Pickett. Mixed it up, man. Mixed it up. Cameron Esposito, who after this interview played a, a pretty big part on, my, on, on, on an episode of my show this, this season. She had a small part last season, and she re... What is it? How do you say that? She redoes the part? She re... Why why can't why is that word missing? She plays the same part, just bigger this time. And it was great talking to her. So let's uh let's chat now with uh, Cameron Esposito. I think I'm writing a really interesting line for people because I okay, think like you know, there's a prettiness to my face, and then I hot have the butch. I, yeah, well, I mean, I literally have a side mullet, and this is people <laughs> side mullet. People, did you make that up? Yeah, I did. Well, I did. Yes, of course. You All have right. to when you have. But I like committed to this hairstyle. I think before I realized what the hairstyle meant, mm-hmm. which is this is actually how it feels on the inside a little bit. Like, oh, I so have, you you did this not saying like I need a gay flag, <laughs> so I'm going to do a side mullet. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't believe how much this is not the gayest flag in the world. No, there are no gay flags. Not anymore. I mean, certainly not for women. I think, like, well, my couple. fiance has, mm-hmm. like, your haircut, basically, uh-huh. and dudes still hit on her. Yeah, I, well, the, It's uh, just a very confusing... Men are very confused by lesbians, because they're not sure, like, am I invited are, here? Right, what's are the, they, are what's they going on for here? me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, have they just never been asked? Right. Is it because they haven't been asked? Right. If I just ask them, I get both of them, right? Right, right. Like, I get the couple, I get to go home with the couple. Well, the, I mean, there is that, that sort of point of view where I had an experience, like, years ago, where uh, the first woman that I really was in love with or had a real relationship with had come out of a relationship with a woman, and then after me started another one and and or years later she was with a woman and i remember i was going to visit her she invited me over to visit them yes you know in connecticut and i'm like maybe this is you know it's going to happen for me you know maybe oh my god right what 
All yeah. right, so tell, so, so please well, tell me. Right, so but you know, it was one of those things where it's like I don't know what's going on, but you know, maybe. How did she contact you? Is this like a phone call, an well, email? No, it wasn't like we're gonna fuck. It was like if you're, in, you know, I I know you're in town, or if you're gonna, right. you know, you want to come hang out with us, right? It was it was in. No, I don't think it was. It was. It wasn't. I am actually right. reading that she did not want to fuck you, not knowing anything no, else about this. Course. I don't know why that's why. I, of course, I automatically. But, but I'm there. just you know, a- a- answering to you know what your yeah. your idea of what men are thinking. Like I thought, well, that might be interesting. I was not thinking like it was going to happen or it was about me. But I'm like, well, maybe you know something interesting yeah. could happen. And then you know when they pulled up in her girlfriend's truck. With the, like it was like right away I'm like oh this is not it right, has nothing sure. to do with bisexuality me. doesn't mean all at once no, necessarily no, it yeah. does, it's just not gonna this not this has nothing to do with me I think that if men actually got what they wanted you know like in terms of there's there's a really heightened um, well there's a sexualization of lesbian sexuality because I think it's men's way of feeling included right so it's like well there's sex, if there's, I'm into this right. then I'm not excluded from this but also but there's also the representation of of, of lesbian sex for men. Right, that's exactly what I'm saying. Right, like if I can if I can be into this, right. then it's it's still about me, even though I'm not there. Exactly. Like it's still, even though it's it has still nothing. My thing. Even yeah. though it's completely contrived. Yes. It, you know they make it for men. Right. You know, like there's some idea that men are like you know two chicks, huh? That'd be amazing. And it's if like, they actually th- saw what two chicks do together, <laughs> they'd be like, dudes oh my would be God. like, I got to get the fuck out of here. This is overwhelming. <laughs> they are pleasing each other in a way that I do not understand because yeah. they have the same parts. Yeah. yeah it seems so hard and yeah. fast. <laughs> it's very hard and fast. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot less, uh, it's a lot less uh, light tapping. No you know? delicate. Yeah. No, there's a lot of digging. Yeah, it's, a, there's, <laughs> it's very diggy. That's it. You you are familiar with real lesbian sexual sure. Mark. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. Uh, yeah. I actually I do a bit on stage about like the first time you actually see a woman masturbate in front of you. You're like, oh my god, that thing can take a beating. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do a bit about dudes yeah. not understanding lesbian porn because um, they're they're seeing like these two women that are clearly not lesbians right. and it's not just the stuff that they're doing together it's like the whole aesthetic right. is hysterical how far apart that is right. and I know that that is also true because you know I still go in for parts here in LA for lesbian porn parts? Well, yeah I go in for lesbian porn parts by that I mean <laughs> the parts like, of a woman too real. by that I mean too real. That, no I'll go in for like an audition to play a lesbian actually yeah. I played a lesbian in your show you did for a, um, yeah, a little bit but uh I go in for parts to play lesbian and then it'll go to like a Playboy bunny or something. You know what I mean? Right. Like they're they're just like, Yeah, yeah, we want to include you in this, but like technically like yeah. this is too much. We're, like, we're you're, mainstream. you're too much. Right. Too much lesbian. <laughs> I should lead with my long side, is, yeah, my, is my point. The, which is kind of shimmy into the room <laughs> right side first. But but do you does that uh you don't seem upset about this. Do you, are you upset about the misrepresentation of uh, of lesbian sex in the in the male uh, dominated porn industry? I mean, it gives me something to fight for. I yeah. think that it's really great as a comic to have like something that is actually real that mm-hmm. you have to fight for. Being a woman and mm-hmm. having that being yeah. pretty confusing yeah. in terms of mainstream culture, and then also being a lesbian and having that being pretty confused. Yeah. So I just feel like it's a great gift given the career that I chose that people don't understand what the hell is going on. Well, it's interesting to me. I think we should come around to it and not just get into it is that, you know, what, when you are in the gay community and you are out and you speak about being a lesbian, there seems to be this idea that there, there, that just by virtue of that, there's social responsibility that, you know, I, I have to represent. Right. And I, I don't know what your struggle with that has been or forever, if it ever was, but we can kind of get, get, into that later but where did you come from because i don't know 
you're you're the generation maybe a couple after me yeah and definitely. we met we met in new york i think and then you know we casted you on my show but what where did you start doing stand-up where'd you grow up you know i came up, i am from chicago really yeah like in the city no the burbs like the hardcore suburbs of chicago which, which one i'm from a place called western springs uh-huh, and it's what, adorable there's a milkman literally oh, a milkman like still? when i was growing up there, oh uh, yeah right i so, think there still is one so there um, was like a metal box out front that they put the milk like in, a cooler or, and yeah then they put, oh, like, really? bottles in there i mean still? yes I mean, this is, it was like idyllic. Everybody knows How old are you, if you don't mind me I'm asking. 32. Oh, so, I sorry. mean, this is like way. There was sort of a holdover. It's yes. Sort of this is like a time. beautiful Pleasantville sort of situation where like the whole place is basically in black. Middle class, white. working class, upper uh, middle class. No, upper middle class. Mm-hmm. And um, right next to like a very, very wealthy suburb. So, we were kind of like the <laughs> the like wrong side of the yeah. tracks, but in like a way the, where the wrong the, side of the tracks still gets the, milk the, delivered. The four bedroom ghetto. <laughs> yeah. Four bedroom exactly. house ghetto. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But the town next door is like where Dennis the Menace was filmed. And really? the movie Backdraft. So if you can imagine like it actually has uh, red brick streets and stuff like so that. So it's a real American it's sort just of like feeling place. Gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. And um What'd your what'd your dad do? My dad's a lawyer. So he's a lawyer. Mm-hmm. What kind of lawyer? He does like wrongful firings and stuff like that. So, so he's on the he's on the good team? He's on the good team, yeah. yeah. He works for himself. He has like a really small firm and he works super long hours and always has my entire life. And your folks married? Yeah, they've been together for 40 years. How do you like that? I mean, it's bizarre that I have 40 together. My, how is that? Can you imagine 40 years? And they fought a lot when I was growing up. And I think I thought that was not them not liking each other. Yeah. But now that I'm the age that I am, I kind of realize like maybe that was them figuring out how to stay together. And you have brothers and sisters? I'm in the middle. I have two sisters. So you're all girls? All girls. Are you the only gay one? I am the only gay one. And huh. my sisters are very girly, hyper girly girls. Like my older <laughs> sister's, uh, she still is a modern dancer as a kid. She was a ballerina. Really? Yeah. So all you, it's nice. So your parents must have been pretty supportive of the artistic track. Yeah, my little sister lives in Argentina, and she's like a an actor and teaches Spanish theater. She teaches theater in Spanish. Really? We, yes. Everybody in my family has like. I mean, my older sister is also a lawyer now, but she works lawyer modern dancer. She works for the city of Chicago doing their arts programming. So she like uses her degree. That well, this, uh, this is a very uplifting uh, sort of uh, progressive story um, we're in right now. It is. I mean, it's weird that we all got out because not. I don't think that any of those jobs were considered options where no. I'm from. I'm not from like a place where people have arts jobs. Right, but but uh, your parents must have been like, well, they're going to do what they want. They must have afforded you the luxury of that. They were very supportive. They were really supportive, but also very conservative. I mean, I have like the kind of parents that. They would like come and live in my house if I would let them. You know what I mean? Like that kind of like I have like hovery, adorable. My dad is a small Italian man who cries all the time because he's like so happy about you. Really? Like he'll call me. Are and, both your parents Italian? Uh, yeah, but they're like from different parts of Italy. So my mom is really tall and she uh-huh. has red hair. She's yeah. from northern Italy. And uh-huh. then my, my dad is kind of small and like they're, they look. But, they, but they're not. They were both from here. Or mm-hmm, they, yeah. Your but they grew up in like. Uh, the kind of Italian Catholic families where, you know, everybody's, like, everybody's name is Carla, right, or Carl, right. or Victor, or Vito. Every and, Sunday the family would yeah. get together kind of deal. Absolutely. And, and they, the only reason I don't look like that is because my dad was adopted. But if I, if I didn't, if my dad wasn't adopted into that family, huh. I, I would, like, have chest hair. He was it's ado- like that level <laughs> of Italian. <laughs> he was adopted? Yeah. Does he know where from? Did he, he ever do that thing? He found his, so right at the same time I was coming out, um, so when was that? How I old was, were you? I was 20, um, and I was living in Boston, going to school there. And Where? I, I went to Boston College. 
which is wow. like a very conservative Catholic school. I know what it is. Yeah. You were like, you did all the stuff. I did all the stuff. I was a theology major. What the fuck? No, I'm serious. I thought I was maybe going to be a priest. Um, but you can't in the Catholic Church, so I don't really know what I thought the end but, game okay, was. Okay, wait. So you, how much Catholicism were you brought up with? Oh, I mean, like, just very hardcore. Like, I went to Catholic grade school, high school. But did you believe it? Uh, yes. Yeah, I was an altar, an altar server. I was a, I was a so you Eucharistic minister. I did believe in hell. Yeah, and I did believe in hell for. I'm sorry gay if I'm people. putting that for gay people. Yeah. Oh, that's a horrible burden. I didn't like. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't very judgy. Like I never went and tried to convert other people, but I just felt like there was a real black and white line. But for so, myself. But I, I don't mean to put it in the past tense. You may still believe in hell. I don't no, know. No, 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 no. No, zero amounts of, yeah, zero amounts of that. <laughs> All of that went away pretty quickly. I just, I got an e- I mean, email recently that I, I seem to be a little bit condescending towards Catholics. And I always assume that, that Catholics, uh, after a certain age, pull away from it. I can't imagine not. I'm so, I am so angry with the Catholic Church because culturally that's yeah. my background. You know, like that's where I'm from and those are supposed to be my people and it still kind of feels comfortable to hear those things because those are the words from my childhood in latin or no not in latin but like just mass and all that just all that stuff felt really good sure like my home there yeah but i like i think the catholic church is the worst i mean that's me i think it is the worst because it is an organization that touches every country in the world and And, and, so much good and and it touches little boys and they touch every country in the world (laughs) physically with their hands yeah it's awful. And the, well, the way they treat women, yeah. I would say, I would say the way that they treat women. It's shocking to me that more people don't talk about the way the Catholic Church treats women. Yeah, well, they they seem to be quite pushed aside into one specific role. If if they have a role, it's this this it's strange a walking nun. womb. Yeah, yeah, it's a walking womb. Yeah, uh, or angry an, womb. Yeah, it's a, wa- a useless womb. It's a walking useless Empty womb. womb. <laughs> right, and nuns like the, those women. You know they take vows of poverty and they live with the people that they're serving and priests often don't you know priests can sure. be they can work for the city mm-hmm. that they live in they don't have to work for a particular and also order. just the power and empire and politics of the catholic church and how relevant and 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 insanely powerful it was for years yeah i mean there is something uh glorious in the fact that it's losing so much traction if indeed it is i don't know how people hold on to it i guess that yeah, that believers are willing to dismiss anything as being you know, isolated episodes of, uh, you know, just you know, bad eggs. I think it's that cultural thing. You know, if it feels like home, if people say something to you enough, then those just feel like the words that Sure, and you it's speak. so ornate. I mean, they're, they're, Oh, yeah, it's gorgeous. They own yeah. tons of land. They yeah. own land in great locations. And have, you, have you gone to Italy? <laughs> yeah, I lived in Rome for a while. But, I mean, just to go, even the smallest towns that have a cathedral, if you walk in and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. Because amazing. they wanted it to be awe-inspiring. Because they had to, you know, you know, really brain fuck the poor Absolutely. of every country with this amazing, you know, structures and art. I was very impressed. And the with history it. is really. I mean, there's so much cool because it because it was it is such a through line to people that have lived in the past. Uh-huh. You know, the idea that there's like bones of saints in oh, yeah. churches I got and Saint like Catherine's head right here <laughs> yeah. on the wall. Oh yeah, you do. Yeah, it's right there. Yeah. I don't know. I went to the where is that in Siena? Uh, is, is that, that is, is that the Catherine that got beheaded? I think so. Where like her head is in one place and right. her body somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. So like I got the head. Yeah, who knows if it's really her head? But it's sort of fascinating it's, relics. Are I mean, it's amazing. 
amazing. Yeah, it's all very creepy, fucking dark stuff, man. I mean, you know, you go to Rome and you go to Catholicism is so death oriented, and they just they just put it out right out there. It's like the body's right there. Yeah, it's right yes. in there. Well, just so pieces and bodies everywhere. Have you? I don't know if you noticed this at all, but you know, saints that are martyred, mm-hmm. like people that are martyred for the church yeah. uh, that become saints afterwards, when they paint them, yeah. they paint them with the instrument of their death. Oh, really? So, like, anytime you see somebody who is martyred, so, like, there are dudes that were, like, skinned alive, and mm. they're holding just, like, a folded-over version of their body. Or, oh, like, I didn't know that. Or, like, a little mini grill. Really? Because they were, like, burned. burned. Yeah. Wow. And, and anytime anybody's with a sword, that's because that's Well, that makes sense. I mean, because the cross is so prevalent. Absolutely. That's yeah. that's why that is, because yeah. it's keeping in line with all the rest of that. But it's just so the, the, the death obsession of, of Catholicism is just mind-blowing to me. That And I don't even know why it exists, really. I, mean, I think it's because we're going to rise again, right? I guess so. The body's just a vessel. <laughs> So why yeah. get uh, why not have a dead let's one hurry around? it along yeah or that yeah <laughs> just let, get let, to the next thing let's go so you believed in heaven too uh i did yeah i believed in all i mean all of it and really, your dad being really a sweet crying life. man who uh, supports the arts it's hard for me to it's hard to consolidate that the the weird point of view of catholicism you know being so so strict and so black and white and so mythological with with a guy who seems relatively practical yeah, I mean, I think that's the Italian part, though, yeah, also. Like, yeah, Italian cultural, men are right? so sweet and, like, yeah. you know, want to... Right. The women are the ones in power. Like, so you're a young Catholic girl. You're doing all the things. You're 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 doing what? You're you're giving out uh, wafers? Yeah, I did that at church. How yeah. old were you? Like, I started that when I was 18, when I went to school. When, I went when to you were college. 18? Yeah. Oh, you were doing that in college? I was doing this in college. This is... I would... Yes, this is my... Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. How... I know. I'd go to daily mass. When did you know you were gay? Uh, the first time I ever kissed a woman when I was 20. I mean, I really didn't know, which is bizarre. I understand that it's bizarre, but I didn't know. So during your childhood and the idea of, of the, the, the sort of horrible you know, sentence of hell for gay people was not something way on your conscience because you weren't aware of it. I wasn't aware of it. I even found a paper like that I wrote for religion class when I was junior senior i found it like after i'd come out just this old floppy disk and i looked on there and there was a paper about we had to write what we thought happened to, this was in college this was in high school we had okay. to write what we thought happened to gay people we had to write a paper about what we thought happened to gay what'd people. you say i said that i wasn't gay so i couldn't possibly know whether or not it was a choice so therefore i couldn't condemn anybody that's what I said. So you Which were, is amazing. Well, what do you attribute that to? Were you shut down? I think I, I attribute to a couple of things. Um, I didn't know any gay people. Zero right. gay people. Uh-huh. I mean, all the people that I knew. They didn't were, have drama at your high school? No, but nobody was out. I mean, they did. But yeah. like I, my closest friends that, that now have come out, yeah. you know, they were just like, Sensitive actors, yeah. Right. Nobody, nobody was out. No, um, and the and our teachers not even that, to each other, not in, even in secret. No, like, no, I got a problem. I sucked a dick. Nope. No. Z- no, if that was happening, I don't. I didn't yeah. know about it. Yeah. Um. And the teachers that we had that were very effeminate or very butch, you know, they were like priests and nuns. Uh, seriously. Hey, look, I have a full. I like, and I've put this theory out there before, and I know it to be true in my mind that I think that. That gay-leaning men in the communities, in Italian, not in Catholic communities, were pushed into the priesthood Absolutely. out of fear. 
and 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 for you know the the community was sort of like you should really become a priest. Right. They're, they're trying to save them. Yeah, absolutely, and that's also you know part of the reason that this whole problem has happened because those people were not allowed to live right, a full right. gets, and sexual it gets, life. It gets a little tricky identifying them as as homosexuals. I'm not saying as they're gay. I'm not saying they're gay. I'm right. saying that um, right, if you are able to be gay, you can maybe. live a, right. you know a great and, and right. actually I would say the same thing about straight men. Yeah, straight men that are priests. You know, if yeah. you are able to be straight and live yeah. a full sexual right. life, you might not so what end the, up doing something that's messed up so what 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 the hell were you doing when you you know you became sexually alive so i mean i was dating men i dated men for a really long time i was i dated the captain of the football team in high school i was i was like we were the class couple and i thought that's i just thought nobody really cared about sex but you were you a jock yeah, I was like a big athlete, and I was like the mascot of the football team. And I, was I know I saw you do a, a joke about that. Government, yeah. like yeah. I was like super involved and really like committed to school. And yeah, you seem like you're on top of shit. <laughs> I was on top of shit. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I was a mess. I had no idea. I was in love Wait, with my you, best friend. I didn't know. I just mean, thought I was, that's how women felt. Now, here, so this is all in retrospect. Here, yes, in retrospect. yes, because I think women also have that kind of. Um, more expansive view of the way they can be friends with each other. You know, like if dudes are really close, when you're a little kid, a guy's somebody's gonna come up to you and they're gonna call you they're gonna call you a name. You know, they're yeah. gonna they're gonna call you what they think you right. are. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you'll start to wonder if that's what you are. But yeah. for women that that happens a lot less. I uh-huh. think like you can just be a jock and right. you can just have really close friendships. You can have f- sleepovers, you can like hug each other, and none of it means anything unless it does. Right. You know, so I just thought that's how everybody felt. So you're having sleepovers, hugging each other. Yeah, I would sleep in my best I would go to sleep at my best friend's house and she Not would, on a sleepover. She just would, any night of the week or we would have sleepovers, but she would have um she had seven older brothers and sisters that no lived, longer lived at home, uh-huh. and I would insist on sleeping in her bed. Even though there's nine there other were bedrooms. like nine other bedrooms. <laughs> and but I just was like really committed to sleeping in her bed. But I just thought that's how best friends were. But you never felt a sexual feeling. You just felt no. Connected. I think I did, but yeah. I don't think I knew what sexual feelings were. That's astounding to me. Yeah. You must have been pretty shut down. I mean, I think I was very confused. Yeah, I would have dreams about women. Really? Mm-hmm. And when you were with men, that uh, yeah, I don't, I we don't need to keep talking about it. But why not? No, I mean, it's I'm happy to talk about it because this is real. Well, right, but and you I know, think yeah, this actually happens to a lot more women than well, yeah, uh, because you know, men, like I said, they're labeled so much earlier, and a lot of the women that I've dated, a lot of gay women that I yeah. know, had like a similar experience to this. They were just shut down and thought they were yeah. weird. Yeah, women aren't supposed to get in touch with their sexualities. I don't know if you ever right. have heard what it's like to be a teen girl, but right. you're all about like his blowjob. Right. You know, nobody's trying to figure out like whether or not you're like, hey, what are you jerking off to? Nobody yeah, yeah. nobody gives a shit. You're not supposed <laughs> to be touching yourself. That's like, guy talk. It has well, that's nothing... a Catholic thing too, Yeah, though. it is a Catholic thing, absolutely. But I think it's also a, a thing for women. You know, I think women are not really taught to find what they like. Right. Of course they're not. You know, yeah. it's all about... Yeah. It's, it's all about finding out what he likes so that you can turn him on. And it's not right, about and what you... And that's supposed to be satisfying to you. Somehow. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, you made him come. Isn't that great? Yeah, yeah it's easy. You did a great it's job. Yeah, yeah. yeah, what a trick that is. <laughs> How hard is that, really, <laughs> to make a guy that come? Is, that's really hard because it's yeah. a penis. Um, <laughs> it's, it's supposed to be. Yeah. But all right, so so you, you have all these feelings that are not identified till much later in your life. Mm-hmm. You're you're curious about religion. Why why do you end up? Well, first let's get back to the football, uh, the yeah. head of the football team. What was that guy like? He was really nice. We were really good friends, and I liked talking to him. He was handsome. Uh-huh. I mean, I know what good looking men did you look date like. Him? I dated him for like three and a half years. I had co- I had boyfriends in college also. Did you have sex with him? 
this is a really weird debatable. <laughs> How can the answer to this be debatable? But I don't know because like uh I also was pretty committed to waiting for marriage because I didn't know that like that was supposed to be a difficult but thing was to there, do. But was there also guilt around it because of a Catholic? Yeah, thing? exactly. So, yeah. but I I think also it was a great excuse. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was the two fur where it was like you could hold on, you could yeah. hold the line. Yeah, exactly. Because so, of your beliefs. And yeah, your, yeah. <laughs> just like oh man, as much as I want to, yeah, and yeah. believe me, yeah, I, I really want, want to. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> um, I. So no, I would, he would go home. I just have memories of, you know, like he would go home after we would be hanging out, like making out in my parents' basement or something. Dry humping. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it felt nice because kissing feels nice, but it was never like, I also felt gross. Like it felt, um, I had like weird rules. Like he couldn't touch my shoulders and stuff like that. I mean, just, you know, like normal heterosexual female rules that they have for men. No shoulder touching. I've heard that a lot from a lot of women. Please no shoulder touching. And he would go home and I just remember that I would need to stay up for like a bunch of hours. Like I would have, if he left at 10 or whatever, Mm -hmm. I'd have to stay up to like four o'clock in the morning and I would like eat cereal, you know, just like do like, what are like the oh. most, these like really comforting things. Like right. I would eat cereal. I would watch TV. You were just all would, jacked up. I was just like, I had to get it back out of my body. Like whatever had yeah. been happening, yeah. you know, I just couldn't deal with it. Because the feelings were overwhelming or was it like he, it felt uncomfortable? It was so uncomfortable. Oh my God. But I liked him. You know, yeah, like he was right. a good, like he was so you somebody. you just couldn't I, understand. I couldn't understand why I would feel so uncomfortable And you had no one to out. talk to. Yeah. I didn't, there was no person that would have so been able it wasn't to really, identify it, this. It doesn't sound like it was misery, but it was frustrating. I think I think probably it would have been misery if I had had any idea that it was supposed to feel different than that. You know, like, does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Like, if you've never seen the sun, you're right. going to be like, darkness is decent. Yeah, yeah it's, so it's decent, a little weird. It's like, decent I'm, to good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you were just sort of like, I guess this is life. Yeah, absolutely. Ugh. Yeah, I understand that. But I think everyone feels that to a certain degree. And those kind of frustrations are communicable. I mean, you must have been talking about boys at some level to somebody. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, all my best friends were dating dudes. And, you know, we talked about our guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like he wasn't attractive. You know, it's not like I didn't look at him and think like, oh, he's so cute. Like, I wished... But it wasn't I like thought I, he was I, so I cute. I just couldn't to, figure out what to do yeah, with how yeah. cute he was. Couldn't, you never sort of like, <laughs> got to get that cock. No. No, <laughs> got to get that cock away from me. <laughs> yeah, Put it back in its car and send yeah, it home. Yeah, yeah. Good. Thank God that didn't come out. <laughs> that seems uh, a little scary. So why uh, theology, though, ultimately? I mean, what we, you, so you were a believer. Yeah. You, up to, you go to college. When did God go away? When he kissed a girl? It kind of, well, a little bit before that, because I started realizing how the Catholic Church treated women. That kind of happened like So it was intellectual. Right yes, absolutely. I mean, I will say that I think the reason I was interested in it is because I was interested in what's important to people, uh-huh. which is still what I'm interested in. Now. Uh-huh. That's the same thing as comedy. You know, you're just like talking about what's important to you and trying to hear what's important to other people and like live or in the world trying to make in that sense of connected things. way. Yeah. yeah, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, and if you read religious texts like kind of poetry or if you you know absorb them on like a really superficial level like Mm -hmm. if you don't take them literally Mm -hmm. and i don't think i i think after a while i wasn't taking them literally but i was just like this is a cool way to live you know it's cool to live there was something about the idea of faith uh of of that making people feel more comfortable in the world yeah and also like working for the outsider which Mm -hmm. is eventually where because i kind of swayed towards a much more leftist view of mm-hmm. Catholicism because there actually is like a pretty big oh, I know. Yeah, they've been around for, liberation yeah, the, theology. The, the marchers. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah I would go on those marches. You right. know, I went to like uh, the School of the Americas, which is where they train people to do the assassinations in like South and Central America uh-huh. on American soil. And I would go to protests there and I would go and do like solidarity trips in uh-huh. foreign countries not to like really? convert people but just to kind of like be present to be like a witness like, to poverty we're the good catholic yeah isn't that like the nicest thing in the world a college kid could do is just like go spend spring break with sure. like a really yeah. poor jamaican person uh, of course it's so yeah. nice of me yeah, yeah because i had then, no skills then you get the sun and you also yeah. feel like you're doing something important. right exactly where where were these countries that you went to you went I, to jamaica yeah i went to jamaica and i went to the navajo nation i went all over um, the really, US. you went to the where in Arizona? Uh, yeah, or in, in mm-hmm. New Mexico, in Arizona, in Arizona. Yeah. Really, what was that march? It was not a march. Just like a, we spent like, I spent like two weeks just going to like the local organizations there and just kind of learning about. It's like another planet, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I like mean, at the time, like uh, HIV was one of the biggest issues that they were dealing with. Because, really, like condoms were not generally accepted as a uh-huh. form of birth control right and so that was like a huge hiv was uptick. there a lot of drug use too um alcohol i know alcohol alcohol like, stuff yeah. but not like not um Heroin. not like al- yeah, alcohol yeah. alcohol like mixing chemicals together to like make something that would intoxicate you yeah yeah the bad like industrial like hairspray people were drinking hairspray a lot because that'll that'll um That'll affect your body, but also it like it does the same thing liver. to the inside of your body that it does to right. your hair. So, Horrible. Yeah. So you spent two weeks there. I have no idea what that's like. You know, I've read uh, a book or two on the condition of of the Indian population at that time. It's just devastating. Like they're so isolated. It was also it, really wild just going into like a grocery store and mm-hmm. seeing that everybody there was like visibly Native American because mm-hmm. it made me realize know how often i didn't see oh, those yeah. types of faces and then yeah. just to like this is still this is just domestically this is just in our what'd you learn there country. i mean what'd you walk away from that with in general like even jamaica yeah. i mean what do you you know what, what, what did it do to your heart anything or did you just feel like I, no i think i think all that stuff just made me realize like how like what you can do to help mm-hmm. and i think that what you can do to help is sometimes being on the ground. You know, like yeah. I would see people That's, that really had skills, that you know, that really had skills that were really like uh-huh. there and committed. Uh-huh. And, um, and then other than that, you know, just realizing like how much we need to support those people and that the, are in the, 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 that are in trouble. Yeah. Or that but don't like have... support the people that are, you know, committed to staying there and committed to help. Oh, yeah. That's like right. legislation and things like that. You know, like this is not, no, that's not a that's not the way to do it. You know, it's like that's right. Or blathering about it on television. The, the, yeah, right. the unsung heroes are the people that are like, we're feeding them. Right. And I would also say, like, people that live in that community, in the, you know, the different communities mm-hmm. that I was in that are like the Jamaicans that are helping Jamaicans or, you know, yeah. I, I did some stuff in Rome as well, where it would be like Roman people serving Roman people in right. a, a soup kitchen. And uh-huh. I just think like that's also an even more powerful tool than just thinking that you can come in and solve anything. Right. Because right. I, I can't solve anything. Right. It's volunteering. It's like yeah. it's being selfless. It's service, mm-hmm. which is a big part of uh, the Christian deal. Right. And getting out there and do it. But like who has time for that? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Thank I mean, God those people are out there. I agree. You go over there, you give them a pat on the uh, back. This is great. Thanks for what you're doing. I'm going to yeah, go home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is, I think, also just realizing a limitation mm-hmm. to, you know, realizing that you're like a piece of shit who's just getting on with their life is also a powerful thing. Yeah. I mean, that, that's that's real. You know, we're not, 
We're not we're all like saints. Se- we're sending tweets out. Yeah, are we? Yeah, go <laughs> yeah. fuck ourselves. You yeah. know, like we're not doing anything. I feel I feel bad about it, but like, be, but because of that, like I try not to to pay any self righteous lip service to mm. to causes because I don't think that's really doing anything. I'd rather just accept the fact that look, I share my life, and if it helps people, that's great. But I'm not going to pretend that like I'm like I'm some big message guy or that I'm like or or carry the burden of like hey I donated donated some money to some place does that make me something Well I think actually this is an interesting way to go back to what you were just asking me earlier which yeah. is like I think there is something also to realizing like your own community that you can mm-hmm. kind of witness to and connect to so that same way that like oh there's these people that are spending their lives like that like I am just a silly stand up comic I just tell jokes in bars while people are you know hopefully not getting too drunk to pay attention. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I know that when I was coming out, if I had heard somebody like me talking Mm -hmm. about their life, that would have helped me so much. You know, and like the kind of stuff that you talk about, about like eating or drug drug use or depression or mental illness. It makes a huge difference. I guess it's also realizing like it's the, the best thing you can do in the world is just talk about your own stuff because like the more personal you are to you, you know, the more you're connecting to the people that are suffering in that, sure, in that community. Yeah, and then once you sort of get through that, or or what, it, the weird thing is, is like it, only an individual can decide what their civic or social responsibility really is. And I and I think that a lot of people just sort of like nah, avoid it. Like you know, I vote, you know, and I do what I can. You know, you don't. But uh, right. but <laughs> but like some people find it in their hearts to dedicate their lives to that, and thank God they're out there. You know, because uh, they're the ones that really are out there feeding people. I'm glad they're there. I'm not one of them. No, we're not one of them. Yeah, but I'm okay with that. Yeah. I do what I can, right? I think you're doing great, Mark. (laughs) All right, thank you. Thank you. Unburden me. I just think, uh, I don't know that that's what I should have been doing. Right. You You know, I don't fucking, I don't, but I also don't believe in the Catholic Church. Right. I don't think any, I don't think there's like a God. I don't know that I should be in Jamaica talking to Jamaicans. I am like a white person from the suburbs of Chicago. Like, I'm not the one to tell that story, Mm -hmm. but I can get up in front of people and I'm, it doesn't make me uncomfortable. Right. And you know, like, I'm sure the number of times that you've heard this massively uh, outnumbers mine, but the number of people that are always like, I don't know how you do this job. Yeah, that, I don't know how you're a stand-up comic. That's such a weird, like, yeah, I don't know how I am either. Job and number one, I don't know how I am either. But also, like, just different people have different skills. And like, also, bodies you, yeah, are built for different things. That's right. and I should never be a doctor. Because that's not true necessarily. <laughs> you think I should be a doctor? No, I don't think you should be. But I think after a certain point, you accept who you are and don't use that other shit to beat the shit out of yourself. Yeah, I mean, it seems like you've, you you could have been whatever you wanted. And frankly, we're all disappointed. (laughs) Okay, Dad. Um, So sorry to let you down. It's all right. I'm happy as long as you're happy. But you know, we had a long time to get that. Thank you so much for delivering that (laughs) via your face Uh, from somebody else. I needed to hear that from. No, no, no one's disappointed. But you know, you carry that stuff. But but it's weird about the church too. Is that yeah? As as awful as it may be, you know, politically and 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 you know, as a as a. an, an, an entity in the world, the Catholic Church. I mean, they are the ones feeding people. Or just they, giving know, the solace of having like a place to go sure. where we can all hang out with each sure, other. Sure, And I guess that's again what, how I would like compare it to stand-up. Because it's just about like feeling like it's okay to all gather. You know, mm-hmm. like we want to be, human oh, beings want to be, yeah. we want to be so close to yeah, each yeah, other, yeah. but we are so confused yeah, as to yeah. like where the boundaries are and how to do it. And yeah. so like, you know, when you 
say like, hey, this is a stand-up show. Yeah. And people will sit. Yeah. On top of each other, it just like, me. oh, this is normal because they gave me, me a ref, they gave me like a matrix, so this makes sense now. You ever walk into a stand up room and it's like not filled and there's like 15 people there and like, I wouldn't sit there. No, I'd exactly. be like, there's no one here. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Right. It's always I would never me. go to a stand up show. Wait, yeah, I, I, I actually would never go to a stand up well, show. I wouldn't go to one where I felt the onus of like, sort of like, well, I'm one of 12 people here. Yeah, so it's a lot, it's of, a lot pressure. of pressure. But uh, all right, so did you get the theology degree? Yeah. Mm hmm. So I have a faith, peace, and justice minor. A faith, peace, and justice minor. <laughs> yeah. Did you think you were going to go to law school? Uh, I went to social work school for a while. You did? I thought I was going to be a social worker. Maybe. So, okay. Yeah. So, that that, that was like the evolution of that, where I was like, well, like it's like. So, it is in you. You, it does, you did have to fight that struggle of like being, you know, of service yeah. and uh, to the world and of service to yourself. Well, I was, I was going to social work school during the day and I was doing comedy at night. I was doing improv, uh -huh. like professionally, even. Uh -huh. And I remember one of my like fellow students came up to me and was just like hey she was a little bit older <laughs> like I think it was she was returning to school that kind of person where like she'd had another career mm -hmm. she was returning and she she literally came up to me and said like hey what are you what are you doing here and I was like at social work school yeah and yeah. I was like I'm uh I don't know I'm I guess I thought I was like yeah. I don't know helping people <laughs> she was like this is very expensive if you don't if you should if you can't answer that question you should just not do this and do the other thing that you talk about all the time in class. Really? Yeah. She was really cut and dry about it. You know what? I thank that woman so much because I did quit. So don't waste your time, our money. Yeah. Or, you, or also just like, I mean, I was paying. Like you, you have to pay to go to social work school. You oh, get so you're like, like no money right, as right. a social worker. So she just checked your heart. Yeah. She was just like, hey, you, you don't need to be doing this. Yeah. I don't know who you're trying to prove something to. Like. Jesus. Do the thing you want to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that guy is so judgmental. Yeah, yeah. He, I need to do this for Jesus. <laughs> so, all right. So when you when you did kiss a girl, was that like like holy shit? Why didn't I do this sooner? It was completely actually this. So this happened right after I got back from that trip to Jamaica. Uh -huh. That's when that happened. And the only reason that I include that is because I kissed this woman. I was dating two guys at the time. Mm -hmm. And I went to three parties that night, the night that I kissed her. I went to a party with one of the dudes I was dating, a party with BC the other dudes. parties? Yeah, like just the on worst. campus parties. Yeah, yeah. They, were, they were really the raucous. <laughs> but, uh, I went to be you. I know the BC guys. Yeah, I lived right near there so for just a while. Like, just like Irishy looking, you know, Pretty Irishy. preppy and jocks. I mean, I dated one guy who had a, like a really long beard. Okay. So, I mean, like, well, yeah, it wasn't that things have changed. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. You're no, it's me. pretty preppy. Yeah, it is. But I dated, or I kissed those two dudes after, yeah. I, and then I kissed at her. At two different parties. At two different the parties. The last party was the chick? Yeah, and uh -huh. she was, um, I kissed her, and it was life-changing. I mean, completely. Were you a drunk? Uh, yes, uh -huh. yeah, we had split a giant bottle of yellowtail wine, uh -huh. like a like magnum-sized bottle So you go to two, like, sort of, you know, kind of dude parties, yes. like, you know, college things. Where was the yeah. last party? Actually, like, she had come with me to these parties, so we just went back to my room. And we had like so a she little was gathering hanging there. Out. Yeah. A little gathering. Yeah. Just you two? Yeah. We had, were like hanging out there, uh -huh. finishing some wine. Uh-huh. And, and then, then I don't remember what she said, probably something about poverty. But uh, <laughs> I kissed that, her. That hot talk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I kissed her and it was, I mean, it was completely, it was like my first sexual experience, you right. know? I mean, yeah. it really was. And I knew immediately that something was very different. Mm -hmm. And 
It was like watching, I, th- I say this on stage, but this is 100% true. It would be like watching a movie with like the director's commentary that you never understood. Like you never understood the movie and then suddenly like the director's explaining it. And you're like, oh shit, like that's why I never wore like a top to my bikini bottoms when I was a little child. Because I like had some gender stuff going yeah. on. And oh, like that's why I wanted to sleep in my best friend's bed right, when there right. were all those available. Like I just, it all happened at once. Like I flooded through every. So your whole life all of a sudden just made sense. Yeah. Exactly, like a Rubik's cube, right? Just like you solved just, <laughs> in one move, like a kiss just solves a Rubik's cube. Bam, that's what's happening. Um, but the next morning, I woke up and I had facial. I had ringworm. I had contracted ringworm in Jamaica, which is a fungus. I know, and yeah. it grows in a circle. Yeah. So I had got it on my face, and it had not shown up until the morning after I kissed this girl for the first time. Which, as a Catholic person <laughs> who thinks that they might be going to hell because they've just discovered they have same-sex attraction, uh-huh. is like probably one of the craziest things that could happen to you, right. especially if you've seen the movie The Exorcist. Right? Sure. Yeah. It's Satan's in you. Yeah, Satan's in you. He's trying to get out. It's only a matter of time before the yeah. three sixes appear yep, in the circle. Exactly. And, and it's not going to yeah. go away. No. Oh, so it's you, terrifying. So there was. Uh, that just uh, exacerbated shame, religion-based shame. Yeah, absolutely. I was so ashamed of myself, and I did Mm. end up dating that girl. She was my first girlfriend, but I didn't stop dating those other guys. For Mm -hmm. years, I dated guys and girls. Let's walk through the day of ringworm. What was, you know? Um, I got on a plane and went to go visit my family, because it was Easter. But you did you put makeup on? Nope, I just had like a giant flaming thing on my face. And you had no idea what it was? I had no idea what it was. And when I got there, uh, the second I got off the plane, my parents were like, we have to take you to the hospital. <laughs> Something terrible has happened to you. They didn't know either. Yeah, they didn't know what it was either. So they, we, we were sitting Pretty in innocuous. the hospital. I mean, it's no yeah, big deal. You yeah, just put like a yeah, cream on it. Yeah. But it's also really contagious. Uh-huh. So I had to call all of those people because there totally would have been a chance a, that like everybody would have gotten it. It's a, it's and so, also the girl. You know, yeah, like sure. I am at this school where at the time I could have been kicked out of school for being But gay. it's so hilarious because you didn't fuck anybody. So no. you get this weird information like I might have given you this weird fungus. It's the weirdest infa- non-STD call yeah. in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I might have given you a fungus on your face. You would know if there's a circle. It's weird that it shows up on your face. Usually it's on your feet or your right. arms. Or like I was just in like some weird places in Jamaica. I don't know how it came on my face. Right, luckily it was uh, that's a lucky one to get. It's not. It's not yeah. like hookworm or liver flukes. So no, it's like ringworm is not that uncommon. You get it at camp. <sighs> yes. Yeah. And did oh, anyone get God. it? Nobody got it. No. Thank God, nobody got it. That's because fucking... we're all kind of in the same circle of friends. Like it would have been. So all right, pretty so you, intense. So you treat your wing, ringworm, and you go back, and you're dating this woman. Yeah. And you're dating the two guys. I'm dating. The but two you're guys. not doing anything with anybody, really. I was totally having sex with her. With her. Yeah. Oh, that that happened quickly. Happened very quickly. And she was gay. Uh, yes, or but were you like, both finding we were, out at the same we were time? finding out at the same time. Yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's exciting way to go about it. It was really rad. Like there was no teacher student. Uh-huh. We were both uh, very oh, you much like out. You learning out. how to do uh-huh. it, um, which was really cool. Yeah. yeah. And also, like, it was awful to be. I mean, because I hid it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wasn't out. Um, she was out to her friends, so I would like go to her place and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, I will say this like I wish that that's not how my life had been I wish I hadn't been ashamed of myself and I wish I hadn't had to hide but I will tell you like some of the best sex you're gonna have in your life is like secret secret gay sex (laughs) (laughs) secret gay sex that you're hiding from your boyfriend there's a lot of straight people that agree with you yeah exactly (laughs) there's a lot of Republican senators Uh who agree with me sure um yeah so it was like really exciting and new and what was the the sort of um 
process of coming out to your family? I told my folks that... Did you have to prepare? Did you, I mean, did you like sort of go through it in your head or... I was so, I mean, I was so upset. Like I was disgusted with myself. Still ashamed. I was disgusted with what was happening and I... But you were having a great time. So those were both happening at the same time. both having the same time. So you're keeping the guys around to to sort of placate your shame. Maybe in case I can talk myself out of this like the i still have these dudes in mm-hmm. case like mm-hmm. in case i can get married in huh. case i can have babies right like, you right know, still if around. this doesn't stick yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah um and i told my folks uh because i like i got home for the summer and i i mean i was just a wreck like i what wasn't year? sleeping was or eating sophomore? this was sophomore year yeah. yeah i wasn't eating or sleeping i was because like, you were plagued with shame Yes. And well, I just also thought my life was over. You know, I didn't know any gay adults. Oh, oh so, so I you're had, like, like no family, no, no kids. No. Like, yes, it's exactly. I was like, well, I'm going to I don't know where I'm going to live, yeah. you know, but it's not going to be I have in to a go to gay, place. A gay yeah, city. exactly. I have, to, I have to find the gay capital. Mm-hmm. And I won't be able to have normal friends and I won't be able to have a job. You know, like, I mean, really, I just didn't think that anything was going to be. And, okay. all that, and the fact that that's all happening to you at 20. You know, like where you're, a, you know, conscious and, you know, all, you know, you're a thinking person, you've got your yeah. shit together and it's sort of like this desire thing is fucking me. Yeah. I'm going to be done. Like yeah. I'm all, you know, I'm right trying to figure out what my job is going to be, my career and like move forward and just become an adult. And it's already all done. Yeah. Because, I've already like, run my you're whole doomed. life. You're doomed. Yeah. Oh, yes. that's horrible. It was pretty bad. Yeah. So, okay. So, so I told my folks, my dad cried for five years. Five years. Yeah. He cried for five years. Like every time well, I would talk to him. What did you say to them? You sat them down? Did you no, they sat me down? down. They sat me down because um, I was behaving so erratically. Uh-huh. Like just staying up all Are night. Are you on drugs? Yeah. I mean, I think, well, they also guessed what was going on because I was getting a lot of phone calls from the woman I was dating and like w- weird phone calls where I would like take the, this is like when portable phones sure. were a thing and I would sure. like go outside. Yeah, yeah. I you know, and I had always I had like a this. very open, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'd always had like a very open relationship with, with them. The, with the folks. And yeah. really like been right. like a good kid. Yeah, like yeah. I was like, my older sister was the wild one you right. know, that would like sneak out the window and my dad had to like remove the door from the hinges to find out she wasn't in there. Like she was like the Ferris Bueller's day off right. kid. Yeah. And I was the Cameron, yeah. which is funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just realized that that's true. Uh, but, and my little sister was so little. She She's seven years younger than me. She's uh-huh. 10 years younger than my older sister. So she was just like blissfully in grade school. And then my right. older sister was fucking, like she'd just done everything in the yeah. world. And I was like the Bad Catholic girl. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she yeah. was, yeah, she was totally the, yeah. I mean, she went to, Diablo Cody was in uh-huh. her high school class. Uh-huh. Like she went to our high school. So that movie Juno, uh-huh. where like there's like a wild like that's like the kind of person that right. she was. Just okay. like just like raucous and Yeah. You know. And so What I, would happen if somebody had a baby? Like all that stuff was like what was happening right. for her. And uh-huh. then I was just like this is my boyfriend. He's the captain of the football team. I'm yeah. do everything right. I'm a psychology. theology. I'm yeah. a, like it was the control freak. Yeah. I was yeah. totally the control freak. Yes. Yeah. So all right, so they sit you down. They sat me down and they were like, We think you're dating uh, that this woman they, they named her. We think you're dating her. Is that right? And I said that is right. Yeah. And I burst into tears. Yeah. And they said, um, I don't remember. I don't remember them saying anything but that they wanted me to go to therapy. We went to therapy as a family. And I the three of you or the five of you? N- Four the three of us. Three. Okay. And I think because my older sister. She kind of knew what was going on. I had sort of told her yeah. she was living in a different city, and she was like, her response was like, "I kissed a girl in, in college, no big deal." Like, yeah, her, yeah, like right, she was right. not necessarily one hundred percent getting it, but she was also very, very like yeah. open and just right. rad about right, it. Right. So that was great, but she wasn't at home. Right. So they took me, and I think I thought 
you know, I've since realized that they were probably really confused that they just didn't have a better plan. Well, they, I but guess, at the time, I thought they were trying to get like reparative therapy going. Really, I, 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 it seems to me that they were probably I don't know, but it seems like well, your parents they they just wanted to make sure you knew what you were doing. So that is actually exactly what it is. But that is like one of the most damaging things I think a gay person can hear when they're coming out is that like that thing where their parents are so worried for them, Mm -hmm. you know, because I was so worried for me. So just to have that echoed back was pretty awful. Does that make any sense? But it's like, but but I can, I can understand that, but 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 it's better than like, we're taking you to church. I mean, it is better. You know, my, that, that also happened. Uh, You know, my dad did. uh, He said you got to talk to the priest. Well, he just talked to me about, um, you know, he talked to me about the hell. The Bible, yeah. About, oh, yeah. he did. Mm-hmm. He yeah. said, "You know that." Yeah, he he said, "You know, I'm just I'm worried that like we won't end up in the same place." <laughs> I mean, he's, this he's is a, they were doing he, the he best. He really thought he had a clean slate. Yep. That guy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they were doing the best that they could. I am very aware of the fact that, like, as much as I didn't have any knowledge, they had also no knowledge, uh-huh. and then they also weren't experiencing this. So I didn't know anything about being gay but i was gay so i knew that it that this felt strong and weird and real right so for them i think you just remove all those emotions and it just looks well it's impossible it looks like a choice and it looks like i'm ruining my life right it's it's i think it's impossible in that context for them to have empathy absolutely yeah you can't of course right right and and that's a sad moment it it is really sad yeah and i think they also have apologized for that i mean they're not they look back on it and they realize that that was a tough time for them too, and sure, that they're I mean, sorry and, that they like weren't able to. And how did that land? To with trust you? me, um, I mean, I I do forgive them. I yeah. do. I get it. Like I get why that's what happened. I a hundred percent get it. I just think that it also helped me in some ways because we had such a close relationship, and I was so worried about letting them down uh-huh. that I think like. Letting them down in this ultimate way. That you had no This way that I would it. never be able to change. Right. That was kind of a gift because now you got I can be a stand-up comic. You right. know, like it's like I've already done the worst thing in the world. <laughs> which right. Is, so. but, but it's still like you can't even frame it that way. Do you still think it that, you know? Oh, no, 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 no. I just mean I've already in caused there. the largest possible schism. Like there's nothing sure. else that I could have done. There's not. There's no other way I could have been that I think would have disappointed them more for a short t- term. So yeah. we like already went through that. So now, and that they just kind of have to trust me a little. Twelve bit more. years ago. Yeah, that was twelve years ago. Mm-hmm. So for five years, your father just couldn't. Process. He was really having a hard time. Yeah, my mom was okay a lot earlier. My dad had a really hard time. He, they were. He, he was able to kind of wrap wrap his mind around it and comprehend it when he met, when he was first able to meet a partner of mine. Oh, really? Because like, for a really long time, they wouldn't meet the women I was dating. Um, and then when he eventually met my girlfriend, uh, my ex-girlfriend, he was like, oh, no, I totally get it. She's cool. Like, even <laughs> oh, really? hot. Yeah, like, he, like, thought she was rad and, like, totally got... So not unlike your isolation and how you grew up, I mean, Absolutely. they were just as isolated. They'd never seen it. So right. then how does it look? My mm-hmm. daughter's life is over. Right. Finally, they see what it looks like. And she's like a beautiful woman. She's really warm and friendly. Uh-huh. She's a friend of my sister's. And she's like, a person. She's safe. Yeah. You know, there's a lot. She's a person. Yeah. She's a human being. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I think it was then, then suddenly he was just like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were dating monsters, but you're dating like people that are really nice. And you're not a monster. Yeah. And, and then after that, he was able to just completely change. He's the first person that called me. He called me the morning that... Um, Doma was overturned. He was driving to work 
with a dude that he was going to represent in, co- in court. He heard on the radio that Doma was overturned. He pulled over. This is like at, I think this call was at like six o'clock in the morning uh-huh. our time because he was in Chicago. He called me and I was in my bed with my fiance and he called and was like, put me on speakerphone. You guys, you can get married. And he's standing on the side of the road. He's crying. Just like, I'm so happy for you. And I said like, dad, are you also happy for you? Because you get to come to my wedding. And he was just like, oh, Cameron, I never thought of that. I can't wait to be there. You know, like, I mean, so he's really had a massive change and it's amazing. That's sweet. He, yeah, absolutely. He's a sweet, sweet man. He just didn't know. I didn't know. He Everybody, didn't know. He's a learning curve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is an acceptance, and you know, and and he likes your fiance. Oh yeah, they're they're like close friends. Actually, they really <laughs> like each other. Yeah. What does she do? She well, she's a stand-up comic. Actually, do she's I know a, her? You might have met her. Her name's Ria uh-huh. um, Butcher. She's a she's she's a little bit. Uh, so if we're several generations apart, she's like one or two generations below me in uh-huh. terms of when she started how long have you guys been seeing each other we've been seeing each other for three years we uh-huh. were friends before that which i've never dated anybody right that i was like friends with first right but she's rad and right. I, I liked her stuff you know like uh-huh. i liked her like material you got to. yeah and i just thought she was so rad it's on tricky. stage tricky with the i don't think you could ever do it the other way uh if you don't like their stuff yeah and also i don't even think i could date somebody that i don't I don't think I could like date somebody and then have them start. You know, like I just it yeah, was no, like it's rough it was rad because I already not, knew her as a comic. It's hard not for somebody to feel in the shadow of the other or competitive yeah. or, you know, like like sort of like maybe you should not do that joke that way. And right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's not happening. No, she was already. I just like got to see her begin. Do you have wedding plans? We don't have anything planned yet because I've just been like traveling. Like, oh, also we needed a wife. We we realized that after we got engaged, but, like neither of us knows how to do any of that stuff. Oh, like she's butchered than me. Oh, I mean, really? her last name is Butcher, right? And it is a hundred percent true. Like she. So you don't what? You, you're both sort of like, who's going to clean up? We're, we're just like, where, where do you get a cake? Yeah, yeah. You know, like All I right. don't know where you do that. Oh yeah. I mean, can. I guess like I just never imagined what a wedding would look like. No, you can. But find. I, I There's can't people, wait. You just hire people to do. Yeah, that. I know. I mean, I think like <laughs> eventually I'll get to the place where I can imagine that that's what's going to happen. Well, so okay, so now getting you know coming full circle around to you know your responsibility or or your. But I think it's very interesting. You know, I don't want to just blow past it that you know not only the challenge of of accepting you know being gay and then having your parents accept you, but the deeper wiring of shame and and the idea that you've let people down that's got to be ongoing. I do think that that's something I still struggle with. I mean, I think that's the whole reason that I originally started doing stand up. Like I was doing improv before, and that felt like okay i've always been funny mm-hmm. i had like crossed eyes when i was a little kid when you have crossed eyes you better be like how they unfuck them i had multiple surgeries and i wore an really? eye patch for eight years of my childhood <laughs> yeah it, this is all true mark you, oh, you really yeah you were you were, were crossed eyes so you, you they started you with like bottle bottom glasses yeah then, i had well then, i had surgery nose too and then i had to wear glasses and then i had to wear an eye patch for literally eight years what yeah this is all true until you were what ten? Um, yeah, and then I and then I had surgery again when I was twenty. And it worked. What? So what? What was between ten and twenty? You just wore glasses. Or? Um, it just like would occasionally cross. So it still wavers now. Like if I'm really tired or something uh-huh. like that, or um, well, that's when a whole to, other struggle. So yeah. you, you were the. You so were I was the, like a little weird looking kid in a weird little body in a place where everybody was kind made, of like. Nobody made fun of you. Nobody made fun of me because I figured out how to be funny. 
you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just be like, I'm a goofy eye patch kid, you know? And then like, if you're that person, you can kind of get in front of it. Right. And I think a lot of comics had like something they were getting in front of. That's like why we overdeveloped the sense of humor because it's, because it's like de-escalating a situation that could be really difficult if we weren't able to do it. Mine has always existed in my head. So it's never, it's, it's a never ending resource. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, that's real too. You know? Of course it is. It's all real. Yeah. And, uh, so okay. So I found stand up because I think it was like I wanted to figure out how to come out to people because you know I don't I own you think I look gay I think I look gay but like walking down the street or if you go buy a bagel and somebody's like hey you buy, who you buying a, and you like buy three extra and people are like ooh who are you sharing a bagel with and yeah. you have to be like oh I'm taking it home to my girlfriend right. like conversationally sexuality isn't about sex but when you mention girlfriend then people like automatically go somewhere it's like this weird it's like it feels like it's like too much conversationally but then Uh you don't want to lie Uh so you're just like always riding this line about how do i like navigate the world having this thing that's so central to my being that i also don't think is a big deal but that if i don't talk about it it's like Right. lying by omission well, well, well that's the weird responsibility of it I mean you know how do you continue to own yourself and your point of view and if you're going to do stand up like quite honestly you know I watched 10 minutes of stand up and, and it gave me the framework of you know what I was going to talk to you about and was you know they weren't stories they were just jokes but even if you you know you want to do jokes that are that are grounded in you you got to own yourself Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so I think it, I have to, I mean, I come out like the second I walk out on stage, I try and come out because yeah. I don't want anybody to be thinking about it. Right. Because then they're thinking and they're not listening. You right. know, like you, you break down the mechanism of jokes. Mm-hmm. So like I always come out because mm-hmm. of, like I know I'm wearing a vest. Like I don't want you to be confused about the fact that I know I look gay. Yeah. I look gay because <laughs> yeah. I'm gay. It's fine. We can get through it. Let's talk about some other shit. But if you don't mention it, then people are just like, I don't, "Does she know? Yeah, yeah. Does she know she's gay? I can't. Like, I gotta tell her. Yeah. If she doesn't know, I gotta tell her. Yeah. Where were you when I was ten? <laughs> Where were you when I was eighteen? Yeah, yeah. That yeah. would have been more helpful then. <laughs> now I know. But but in terms, so that that's really a personal choice. But you don't feel like you know, like I have to you know represent. The gay community. I feel, I do a little bit feel like that because especially right now, Uh everybody has jokes about equal marriage or everybody's talking about it's like in the ether, you Uh know, it's, uh it's uh such a big pop culture moment. It's like, thank you, finally. Yeah, it's great. But like when I, when I'm on a show, if there is another straight comic that does equal marriage material and I don't do it, I feel like somebody else has spoken for me. Right. And that bothers me. And that's like, I just, I feel like, you know, because we're a minority still, right. if gay people aren't speaking on our own behalf, then we're just taken out of the conversation. I don't want somebody else to decide my life. I would like to represent myself. And there you go. So it's like a kind of a social responsibility in that way. But, but it's but because it, I want to make the world better for me. Right. You know, like it's right. very selfish. It cuts both ways. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, that's sort of interesting. Yeah. I, I don't, um, it's very interesting to me too, to see that the, 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 the type of person that resisted gay marriage so emphatically are really it's weird because you know now that it's happening and the momentum is it's going to happen of course and but those people are going to be the same ones they're like nah, i guess it's all right you like it's it's a very weird thing am i wrong no i, I think that it's really strange to travel as much as i am right now what, yeah, because i get the temperature there? of so many different and? places i was just in canada i tried to tell some jokes about like you should be okay with equal marriage and they were literally like uh, can you stop talking about this? We are fine with this. You yeah, know, like, yeah, yeah. And then right before that, I had been um, in Lexington, Lexington, Kentucky, in Nashville, and uh, hip, Peoria, Illinois. Mm-hmm. 
and I understand, yeah, they're pretty hip, but at the same time, like, would it surprise you if I told you that people come up to me all the time and they're like, I've never met a gay person. I've never heard a gay person talk in those cities even. Yeah. No, it wouldn't be yeah. surprising. And then also like in uh, they've met them, Madison, they Wisconsin. They've met them, but the fact that they didn't talk yeah. or they didn't identify themselves. Right. They, yes. they all met them. Sure. But that's, they didn't That's know. their words. Right. Yeah. That's them no, saying, I get it. yeah, that's I've a, never met a gay person. Well, that's a great, I didn't know any, I had no idea that. Well, that's well. That's exactly yeah. why what you do is so important. Is that it changes the dialogue because eventually, with gay marriage, it's just going to be like, oh, that we're going over to Bob and Bill's house. Yeah, it, it's not, right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a human. Like you know, like we're saying yeah, with my dad. Yeah. It's like I've you know I feel like I know I know what that person looks like. But that was me. That was my family. So I just feel like once. I mean, that, that's what they say, right? Is like if you have gay people in your family, it obviously changes your perception. But it's also like. If you have gay people in your circle, in your but, sphere, in your world, if right. you've ever sat there and laughed right. at like some decently crafted jokes yeah, right. <laughs> and personal stories. And I try to be like a little bit sexy about it, too, but not in like a way where it's it, sexy for men. Like I try to be like, this is a, you right. know, like I'm a fully developed person and I'm happy about this yeah. and there's a sexy element to it. Like and I'm not, not neutered. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. mine. Yeah. But but I think that's exactly why it's why the dialogue is important because, you, you, you know, what that speaks to is when people in these places say, I've never heard a gay person talk or I've never met a gay person. That means that, you know, if anything is still existing, it's it's a closet and, it, and that people feel like it'll be a liability to be, you know, out or, or, or even own it publicly. And that's a shame. And that's yeah, that sort of has to change in order for people to go through what your parents went through. Absolutely, I think that does have to change. And I also think that but the reason of- that that exists is because the the jokes have evolved, but the shame is still there. You know, like the, now on, on both parts. I think there's still like a weird lack of understanding, and there's still shame on the part of people that are yeah. in the closet or, or or living a secret life. Uh, because they they feel, but I, I I imagine that you know overcoming that fear they, that's where I think I don't know if it's still a schism about you know a gay person's responsibility to be out or not is it's still a personal choice but there are definitely people that think you you have to be out I I feel like come. personally I feel like it is important because. You have to think about the larger picture of the world. You right. have to think about the generations after yeah, us. Yeah, but some people are sort of like not in the, in the same way that they don't want to go to the soup line or or, or go, you know, hand out the vi- uh, you know the vaccines. Yeah, they're like, well, it's not my, it's not on I me. I know. I mean, I remember. I don't know if you remember when like Jodie Foster got a Lifetime Achievement Award. At, oh, right. I think the Golden Globes yeah, was yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she got up on stage and she said like she didn't want to talk about her personal life, so she got really close to saying the word gay, yeah. but she didn't say it. But, but at the same she... time, she talked about her mother. She pointed to her kids she talked about her relationship with Robert Dunny Jr. who introduced her and Mel Gibson and, too right yeah she talked about her life and so I guess it's like it's not more personal than that like I don't want to know you know anything else about I don't it's not my right to know anything else about what's going on with you I don't need to know anything about your recent relationship and marriage with Alexandra Hedison because I am up on my shit but yeah. uh, you know Right. You could just say that you're gay because that's the same thing as saying well, you have a mom. Like right, you well, have a mom and you're also a gay person. But, but yeah, but there's I guess in, in that way the the you know the the non-loaded or or non-sort of like compliant way to say it is like, you know, my partner whoever it is my if I were gay, it'd be like my partner John and I were just at the thing. Like I don't know if you have to say like. Oh, I like, still think the word my... gay is really important. I use the word right. lesbian on stage because I think it's really important to use the word lesbian. I know I, that's. I'll start using it. Yeah, I just <laughs> I think I think I think people still think like oh, did, like if somebody calls you, if somebody says to me, 
I will sometimes be like, hey, guys, it's great to see you to obviously gay women in the audience. And uh-huh. people will laugh like I was slamming them. Right. And then I have to be like, you guys, no, no. Yeah. This is fine. It's yeah. fine that I know those are the gay women. Like, that's yeah. fine. That's, yeah, that's yeah. okay. It's not a joke. Yeah, I'm not. I'm like totally chill yeah, with yeah. it. Well, they're just doing that because they're uncomfortable. Right. They don't feel like well, like, slow. why are they? I mean, I think that because they, they, the they, whole they, thing they, just that's has. Gonna, that's going to take a while. I agree that it's going to take a while. I think the but whole thing. I don't thing, think that's. I don't think that's malicious. I, I think that you know anything requires an adjustment. No, period. no, no. I don't think. I don't think. A, I think a lot of it is not malicious. But yeah. I think what I'm talking about is just the little ways that we set people up True. to have more difficult lives. Yeah. Like for instance, men, you know, being really confused about what gay male sexuality is. Yeah. Like how like heterosexual men feeling like gay or bi men are like after them. You know, like that there's going to be a recruitment mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. You know, that whole thing of a dude being like, I wouldn't suck a dick for a million dollars. Like that to me is the best example in the world about how confused men are about gay male sexuality nobody's gonna pay you a million dollars to suck their dick i don't know how special you think your mouth is yeah. but like that's not happening there's no, people that'll do uh, that for free that's strutting yeah yeah exactly. and so i just think like as soon as we can get beyond that oh, that's interesting i never really framed it in the way that that that's some sort of you know misunderstanding i think that's more of a a sort of weird aggressive you know i'm straight statement right but it's because like it would be such a sacrifice like like i wouldn't it's like such a sacrifice and i think it's just not understanding that like gay men want to suck dicks yeah, yeah some yeah, i mean some yeah. gay men want to suck dicks. yeah yeah like that's yeah. not they're not sad about it yeah because they're no, gay so right. it's like yeah you don't you don't have to put your you don't have to imagine like but what if i had to suck a dick you yeah. like then yeah that would be tough because you're yeah. straight yeah yeah it would be a pleasure yeah you thing. wouldn't like that yeah, yeah and totally probably, it would probably cost a million dollars yeah and that's and that's totally fine <laughs> that's fine nobody wants you to do this i don't know why you think people want you to do this nobody wants you to do anything you don't like why are you even having that conversation yeah, with exactly. yourself maybe you should suck a dick <laughs> yeah. Just to see what your price range is. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you might lower your price. Yeah, yeah you might. You might even do it for free. <laughs> you might. Do uh, maybe it for that's free. your biggest fear. Yeah. <laughs> that you, you just want yeah. to suck dick for nothing. Yeah. Well, I tell you, I uh, you, you know I watched the um, your appearance on Ferguson because I saw that it got a little press and I do a vague amount of research, but you know you know Leno was there uh, as the guest and Craig was there and they brought you on and then you know you got into a situation that's very rare on television and because I'm a comic and because I saw it unfold and you can watch it I found it very touching like I was moved by it you know as a I was com- too yeah I, I bet I mean it's uh, it's really something that you know you you chose you, I don't think you saw it coming no I but did it not. was like it was completely inappropriate for for the situation, yes. you're doing stand up. Yes, you talk about denim. Leno's sitting there on the panel. You know they're they're minding their own business. And he stayed to you. watch me also, which like he didn't have to. You know, right. could have left. It, it, I thought it was really sort of you know, outside of uh, one weird thing he said. I thought it was a pretty decent appearance for him. Like he seemed comfortable. Yeah. But uh, but so you make a comment about denim, and then you make a comment about him wearing denim, and then I think Ferguson was the one that first shot back. Yes, and he's he's got no fucking boundaries, that guy. You know, it, it, and I like him. I've done his show. I got yeah. no problem with him. But all of a sudden, you're being heckled in yes. a, in a nice way on your first stand up appearance on television. <laughs> yeah, at the end of your set where you couldn't do your closer. No, I couldn't do my closer. So he heckles you. Yeah, and then Jay chimes in, and then I think it was an interesting call for him to bring you over. I think it was the right call. Me too. Like he could have said, "All right, go ahead and finish," but no. he, he knew I couldn't. How could I have possibly topped? Be, yeah. What was the the moment? But it was you know all, what I mean? We right. were in this moment where it's like to do stand up when you have a moment. Right. Just stay with the moment. I, well, yeah, I thought you did real good with that. 
I think that you, oh, you, thank you. that you, you reacted to them and you gave it back to them and you got a laugh and it was all handled. It could have really went south. Yeah. <laughs> if you freaked out. I agree. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I will tell you in the moment, yeah. I, first of all, I was just, you know, you, you played with other comics, right? Sure. That's who you want sure. to sure. love what you're doing. Yeah. And so like working in the line about Jay because he happened to be on the show, I was like, oh, I'm so excited I get to do this, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then when... Craig was interacting with me it feels like heckling but it also feels like kind of like a hazing thing sure in a respectful Welcome. way right. you know like we I love the hierarchy of stand-up yeah. it's one of my favorite things about it like yeah. that you and I are not peers and right. I have to look up to you and that's because like but no but I do I believe yeah. that like you put in the time you pounded well, you the pavement respect. yeah respect is so sure is so important. It's like right. such a beautiful part of our career is, yeah. you know, the way that it's... It's not necessarily our nature. No. <laughs> no, but I love... I love right. how right. we have this job that is like just completely irreverent yeah. and still we have so much reverence for each other. And yeah. like that's such a cool thing about it. Yeah, yeah. So when they Yeah, when it comes right down to it, me, we do have reverence. Yeah. You know, like maybe like, you know, talking to each other is like, nah, fuck that guy. Right. But, but still... You know. We could even hate each other's stuff. Sure. Like I, you know... We can you can find another comic that you just like I hate their stuff, but you can still respect their right. And Leno their certainly taken their, their, like you know he's like the Jesus of standups. You know, like this guy was like the best standup in the world. Now yeah. you can't find one standup that his likes licks. him. Absolutely. Yeah. And and the fact that well, it was just sort of interesting that like you showed up for it, you stayed in the present, you know, and they brought you over, and then you you know you scored on the couch too next to them. And then they both get, you know, we're they're politely giving you your, your props, which you deserved at that moment. And uh, it was it was something I'd never seen before, really. I don't think anything like that has ever. Well, I'll also say, like, in terms of comedy, that's such a weird. It's so weird that a late night appearance would happen like that. Yeah. With I, the two hosts also. I don't actually know that that. I well, can't imagine that happening again. I don't know how that oh, would happen. with Craig and Jay Like, there. there's two hosts, right. and then there's a first-time performance, and right. like, there's banter back and forth. And Jay and, actually says, you're the future, Yeah, like white I mean, men are out, yes. old white men. His last line is, he goes, lesbians rule, and then it's just like worldwide pants, you yeah, know, like, yeah, then yeah, the yeah. show is over. Yeah, and this yeah. is on CBS, you yeah. know, like, mainstream, the most mainstream network. Yeah. The mo like, the fact that this is all happening yeah. is, is wild, but I also kind of thought I fucked up. How, how so? Because I thought that I deviated from like the script that I gave them, and that they were going to be angry with me. I know this sounds so silly. They fucked you up. They are the ones who threw you. I off. know, but like when I walked off stage, like I had so much fun in the moment. I was like, "This is great." And yeah. the moment I walked off stage, I like went up to the guy who books it, and I was just like, "I'm so sorry." Who, Bart. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, "I'm so sorry about that," and he was like, <laughs> "He was like, are you kidding? That couldn't have been a better yeah. thing." So I think that was also a learning experience in realizing like that television can also be real. Uh -huh. You know, because I think when oh, you're no, first great. And, when and, you're first doing stuff, it feels so unreal. Well, like a lot of the guys now, like Craig, he's he, the the loosest of them, but he'll get you off your you know marks. Like he was really the only guy that would have done that to you. Absolutely, like, it, you know that was a unique situation, right? Because, but uh, yeah, they're loosening it a little bit. It used to be really scripted, but now with the talk show, when you do panel, it's a little bit sort of like, yeah, eh, just roll with it. I'm like, really? That there can be some moments like no, that. No, yeah, know? they love cool. it. Yeah. They love it. It's like when that happens, it's almost like you know, hey, it's, everyone's awake for a second. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? They're they're just yeah. hoping that happens. Yeah. Well, I'm glad it happened for you. And if people want to watch it, you can go find it. If you, uh, Cameron Esposito Ferguson, I imagine you can find it, right? Yeah, it's right up there on the old internet. Um, well, I, I'm proud of you. You didn't disappoint me. Oh, Mark Marin, thank you so much. And it's great talking to you. You beautiful, 
uh, things in your bathroom. You have gorgeous male hair products in your bathroom, and everyone should know. No, he's got the right oh, stuff. Oh, come on. You got the right Every, stuff, They're baby. all going to know everything. <laughs> I like talking to her. She's solid, man. Solid. Solid act. Solid person. That's our show. Go to WTFPod.com slash calendar. Check all those tour dates. I'm coming. I'm coming to you. What else? Get some JustCoffee.coop at WTFPod.com. Get the WTF win. I'll go a little, little kickback on that. A little on the back end of that for Uncle Marky. A few shekels coming my way. What else? Leave some comments. Get the app. Get the free app. Upgrade. Upgrade to uh, the premium app. Listen to everything. Got a live show. I haven't done one of those in a while. Live show on uh, on Thursday, live from, uh, from PodFest. I know that some of you find the guitar playing jarring, but I'm still enjoying my, uh, my new homemade pedal from Mae McDonough and Company.